First and foremost, I want everybody to take a deep breath and relax, okay? I feel like my eyes sticking to one side of my brain and shit. You know what I mean? Go to bed, Okay, my name is Taylor Dunn. Y'all keep it going. You are now listening to the Mac Daddy Seminar, motherfucker. <laughs> What's cracking, pimps? What's going on? And welcome to episode 60 of the Mac Daddy Seminar. As always, I'm your host, Taylor Dunn, and today we have a guest. Yes, our guest today is a San Diego comedian. It's my first time ever talking to him, but I've seen this guy around the scene. I've followed him on Instagram since I moved out here, and he's always piqued my interest, and I'm so happy that I asked him to be on today's episode because he had so much comedy knowledge to drop. He is one of a kind. You should definitely go check him out after you listen to the episode. Please give it up for my guest, Bilal Young. All right, what's going on, man? Chilling, man. What's up? What's going on? Not much, man. Just, I wish it was sunny today. I got out and I tried to run this morning. The shit, it was too cold, which is hard to believe for San Diego, but. San Diego, right? Yeah. I know a couple people are supposed to run today, but uh, the weather is just too, it's not San Diego-like, so. It's, it's weird, like. I was expecting it to be like when I moved out here, I expected it just to be sunshine and just perfect weather all year round. And I've been here, I'll be here two years in September and it's a lot cloudier than what they will tell you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I stay uh, downtown. I'm on the 26th floor and I'm literally in the cloud. Does the building ever shake and like move side to side when it's real windy? Mm-mm. I've seen people's like TikToks and shit where they live in like really tall buildings and they'll be like this whole fucking building is moving to the point to where if they have like water in the bathtub, it'll shake out of the bathtub. And I'm like, there ain't no way in hell you could get me to live in a building right. that started moving. If it right. was super windy. I don't know. I've been feeling weird for the past couple of days. Just, uh, I just actually got my second dose of the vaccine. Uh, oh, okay, 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 yeah. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm guessing it was similar for you, yeah. No, because all right. So you let me know. Um, what do you think they're going to? What do you think they're going with this whole vaccination thing? Because I, me personally, I'm afraid to take it, but I already know that they're going to put some type of stipulation on like traveling and you know, I'm gonna need to travel. And I, I, a part of me want to say, fuck it, <laughs> just go get it, get it, get it done. But then another a part of me is like, Man, I don't know. So how do you, how long has it been since you took it? So I got my second dose on Wednesday and I got it a little bit earlier than I was supposed to. I got my first dose on April 9th, and they said, hey, come back in 21 days. But for reasons that I won't fully disclose, uh, I decided to get it a few days early. And 
basically they were fine with it. They were like, yeah, there's like a window of time. You can get it a few days early or a few days after, and it's still the same effect. So I went ahead and got it. And uh, the first shot, really all I had was just a sore arm. It was just, it was just super sore, but the second dose, the arm was sore and, you know, I read up online that it makes people like feel kind of feverish. It makes them feel sick, but I didn't really experience that until I'd say about yesterday. And what's really weird is it made my bones hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird, man. Cause like, like I try to stay pretty active. I try to, you know, I'm 27. So you start getting a little bit older, you start having to do a little bit more to take care of yourself. So that not that just you're in shape, but you feel good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know what it was, man. I felt just like, especially like even in my hips, like I was mm. walking around at a thrift store yesterday with my wife and um, I bent down. My daughter was playing with this little piano and I bent down and I was talking to her and I stood up and I had such a sharp pain in my hip. I thought I was going to pass out. Ooh. Yeah. So I don't know. Damn, but sharp to, to the point where you about to pass out. Yeah. Like I, I felt like I, I like winced in pain and I like felt like a, a sensation like shit. I need to sit down. Mm. Yeah, twenty-seven too. Yeah. Ooh. So, no, uh, so, um, which one did you take, Miranda or what? What is it called? I got Pfizer. Okay, so it's between Pfizer and uh, Moderna. 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 Yeah. And I know they I got have, the uh, Johnson and Johnson, which is just a single dose. You only got to get yeah. one shot with that one. Yeah, but I heard the Johnson and Johnson is like. Yeah, it was fucking people up. They took it off the market for a little bit. Yeah, man. Motherfuckers uh, looking like they caught a stroke and shit. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I ain't, yeah, I ain't, I ain't with that. I know I, two people that got Moderna, and they, they both said, actually, uh, somebody I know from PB, Backyard Comedy, they were supposed to come to my last show. And he was like, I was going to come in, but that, that, back, that vaccine shot had me down, man. And I'm like, Hmm. Yeah. So it, he and I were weird. going back and forth like, yo, like, do I take it? And he's like, I can give you reasons why you should take it. And I'm like, I don't want you to give me those reasons because before you know it, my big ass going to be in the next COVID vaccination line. Like, I'm ready. You know, so I don't mm -hmm. I know one of these days I'm going to have to get it, you know, because I think uh, with traveling, with traveling yeah. with the airports and stuff like that, and then certain parts of the, like Peco Park, certain parts of the stadium, you can go like you know if you're vac if you're vaccinated, you can go in that certain type of part in that area. But uh, I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll see when it when it comes. But as of right now, I am a, a no go. Oh yeah, I completely understand. I'd never tell anybody like you should go get vaccinated because, like for me, I'm in the military, so typhoid. Uh, mm. hepatitis C, anything you can think of, I've received a vaccination for it before. So when they started talking about this vaccine, I was like, I started thinking, we're going to be some of the first people that get this. <laughs> right. Well, that wasn't the no. case. No, y'all probably, y'all now just getting them, huh? Well, some, I mean, it really just depends if you're in a deployable status, which I'm not, I'm on shore duty, 
But um, a lot of those guys got it fairly early. And uh, it's still – it's not mandatory. It's voluntary. However, there are stipulations, like you said, if you go ahead and get it. So I have leave planned in about two weeks or so. I'm going to be going back to Alabama. And uh, when I put in my request to go on leave, I put that in there just kind of to sweeten the deal. Like, hey, I'll get vaccinated before I go. And, uh, yeah, so – but it's not mandatory by any means. They can't force you to get it. They Mm. can make life not as pleasant for those that don't get it. Yeah, they can definitely make it hard for our ass. Like, oh, you don't want to take it? Okay. Or you're going to have – when you're at a restaurant and you're sitting down, you're going to have to have your mask on. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Absolutely, man. But anyways, uh, so, yeah, the reason I contacted you, asked you if you wanted to be on the podcast, uh, I'm a comedian, not as much as I'd like to go out and perform, but when I can, I do get out and uh, go to the open mics and whatnot, and when I moved out here in September of 2019, I started kind of looking around and seeing like who the big players were in the area. Obviously, you know, people like Zoltan, James Hancock, the third stuck out Jesse Egan. I actually took a class when I first got here just to kind of meet people and kind of see how the San Diego comedy scene really worked. And uh, Jesse Egan was one of the teachers of the class. That's how I met him. Oh. But uh, whenever I started going to a lot of the open mics. I saw you there. And I was like, who is this dude? So kind of searching around. I'm not saying I stalked you or anything, but I searched around. And I was like, oh, okay. And I found you. And then I start scrolling. And I'm like, man, this dude's at every spot in town. Like, who is this dude? So I started following you. And I've been following you for a while now. And I was like, you know what? I need to get him on the podcast. It's about time. It's about time to get this guy on the, on the yeah. podcast. Now I, I, here. I saw you perform one time, and it was, I want to say, February 2020. I think it was Funniest Person in San Diego at yep. the Madhouse. I think we were actually on the same night, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, you know what? I, be, I remember that. It's funny you say that. I remember that night, like, like the back of my hand because I was uh I was actually going through a breakup with my what my son's mom at that time. So uh that specific night we were going like at it. And I still had to go on stage to perform. So that's how that's the only reason why I remember that night. And I do remember uh I, I honestly I think you were on that show because it was you uh this black girl I've never heard of. Like they were like the people that count the ballots, you know? Mm. It was her and then it was another girl. They like co-headlined and then it was like, I think it was like seven or eight of us because we were on the main stage. Yeah. Because right? uh, who was hosting that show? Someone was hosting. Um, was it Nathan Driver? Somebody was hosting that show. I can't remember. I can't remember if I was on the show with you. I came to like watch like the week before because you had to sign up for it in advance. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I want to see how this goes. So I came and I just 
I sat in the back and watched just to see how everybody did and like what the show was going to run like. And uh, I can't. You weren't on that show. Yeah, you weren't because it was a a, a lot of comedians I've never heard of. I did. You ever? I all right. So you've been out here before long enough. You ever go to an open mic? (laughs) You ever go to the open mic and then like you don't go for a while. And then you go back and then you see all these new faces. Yep. You're like, what the f-? I'm like, who? they look at me like, who are you? And I'm like, no, motherfucker, who are you? Like, yeah. <laughs> like I haven't saw you. Like, uh, that's off, that's off topic. But I, I always thinking that like now that now that you you've been here since 2019, right? Yep. So you got years into the comedy. So when you go in and see everybody, like, yo, what's up, Taylor? Yo, what's up, Taylor? Like you go to these new spots where these new comedians, they're gonna think you're new too, you know? They oh yeah. Like, oh, Especially oh, since too. the last time I performed here in California was actually that show. It was February twenty fourth, twenty twenty, was the last time I performed here, and mm. uh, because I was like, I had all this material, and I just squeezed everything together because I wanted to do well in the uh, the contest. And once that wrapped up, I was like, okay, it's time for me to like write some new stuff. So I took about two weeks off, just kind of hung out. And uh, the last show that I went to before the lockdown was the vet TV show. And I saw you there and uh, you didn't perform that night, but I saw you talking to one of the performers at the door. And I was like, there he is again. I see that dude everywhere. And, uh, man, I was on cloud nine at that show. Cause I was just so excited to be there. And I had actually been in talks with one of the producers cause they were looking for military people to be on the second season. So I came out and I watched everything. I was like, man, this is awesome. And then very next day, boom, everything shut down. So. Oh, that was the very next day where it shut down. They had already shut down the comedy store in Los Angeles. Mm. And I was like, are they going to shut the show down tonight? And they're like, no, we're still at the time. The governor had just put out that it was a maximum capacity of 200 seats. So that closed down the main room in L.A. And I think the original room. Yeah, the original room holds more than I think they hold like two. Like 250, I want to say about 250 in the OR room. I think back to it and it was, it was super weird. Cause like, I remember watching the show, like nobody was wearing masks yet, but they were like <laughs> wiping down the mic stand. That's how I was at my open mic. I ran a uh, beach calmer. I ran yeah. uh, beach calmer, the open mic at beach calmer and we were the only mic going for, for a while. We were the only mic going and we was, it was no mask. We would just wipe the mic down. Yep. And it's crazy. Like how dangerous that was. But hey, people came out and they enjoyed it, I'm sure. I saw you at it's funny that you say that you always saw me like, man, damn, there, there goes that guy again. There goes that guy again. And when I saw you, I was like, man, why I always see this motherfucker around. Who is this dude? <laughs> it's funny that you're saying this about me because every time I saw you, I was like, I didn't, I didn't know who you was until I put the name with the Instagram. Mm. So when I saw, I'm like, damn, they go that Taylor dude again. Damn, they go, they go. So when you reached out to me on Instagram, I'm like, hey, I followed, watched your, I wanted to write back like, motherfucker, I know who you are. 
like, yeah, I know exactly who you are. Yeah. So it's just funny that we both thought that of each other. Like, damn, I see this dude. All, I always, like, everywhere I go, I'm like, damn, I see this dude. Or if, like, I'm, like, seeing, like, up under, like, I'm on Instagram or something, I see you up under somebody's comment. Yeah. I'm like, damn, he know. Oh, okay. Damn. Like, uh, <laughs> it's actually a funny story to this. Uh, I always see you comment up under uh, David Lucas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the man uh, there. Yeah, I did, a, uh, I did a show. I wasn't supposed to do the show. It was up in LA. I did a show, uh, and he was on it. And this was the first time I've got a dose of like, uh, like real LA comedy. You know, like like there's a difference between like LA comedy and then LA comedy. You know, yeah. like so when I say LA comedy, I mean like the uh tv credits the the you know the the limelight the stuff that everybody see on tv you know what most people don't know is like to get a, a comedy store uh spot you gotta have you, you gotta know somebody you gotta put time in you gotta pay your dues you gotta have some type of tv credit you gotta be seen people gotta know you you just or you just gotta be damn near you gotta be damn near like if you're a 22 year old comedian trying to get on the comedy store stage, you damn near gotta be Eddie Murphy, pretty yep. much. Okay. Yep. So, uh, and I wasn't supposed to be on this show. It was just like a. I went to go see one of my closest friends perform, and long story short, somebody that ran that was running the show, he was like, "Yo, you want to get on the show? I'll give you five minutes." I was like, "Hell yeah, I'll take five minutes." I get on the show. I thought I did good. I thought they're pretty good. Man, David Lucas come on stage. And when I tell you for if he did 12 minutes, but eight minutes, he roasted the shit out of me. Like, I'm talking about like, like bad. Like, and I'm sitting there like, uh, what did I do wrong? Like I and after the show, the guy that ran the show, he was like, look, listen, you did have a bad set, but y'all comedians. And I'm like, all right, so where are you going with this? Like, what are you saying? He was like, you say you were like, this is like, yeah, you funny, but we had to like, we pretty much had to beat you up. We had to jump you in basically. Like you pretty much had to pay your dues. You're pretty much like, yeah, you yeah, you held your own this lineup. But since you since you think you held your own, we gotta humble you real quick. We gotta we gotta fuck you up a little bit. And he like he went in like I'm talking about eight straight minutes, just like boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, damn, because it was it was uh him, Ryan Davis, Slink Johnson, Kevin, uh um, not Kevin, um uh who is it? Uh the guy he he does all dev digital too. A lot of all dev digital. Uh, light skin guy, Craig Smith. Okay. Craig Smith. So it was a lot of all dev digital people there. And for me to be, and the guy just threw me up on there because he heard I was a comedian. Like, oh, you a comedian? I give you five minutes. And that's just how, you know how, that's how it is. Like, oh, you you a comedian? Oh, let's see what you got. You know, five minutes. I did my thing. I'm like, oh, he's funny. And he, he the one that told me it was a hit job. And I was like, mm. 
I don't think you got me thinking like, like, damn, I gotta get back to writing. But it was just pretty much like, like, yo, like you gotta, you really gotta pay your dues. Like, yeah, you might be seen in San Diego and whatnot, but LA is a whole and that and David Lucas, they were telling me they're like, man, you gotta get, you gotta get up to LA, man. Like, because I talked to him afterwards. I talked, it was him, Redo Brown, uh, Ryan Davis. I talked to all of them and they were like, you gotta get up to LA. Yeah, it's a whole and different like, monster up there. But I've done shows in LA and did good. It did very good. But the difference is it's I, I performed in front of a Los Angeles crowd. And then I performed in front of, and then that time I performed in front of an LA crowd. Yeah. Because that crowd was like black people, like, you know, all the, the urban urban stars. Now, once you get to the comedy store and stuff like that, your stuff have to be like more polished, the timing has to be right, tempo, your material has to be like top notch. These, those, at that LA show, Although I went up there with jokes and stuff like that, it's a, like you, there's a difference between like material, like show material and then show material. You know what I mean? You have yeah. open mic material and then you have your show material. So yes, you're gonna work on your your show material at an open mic, but you have open mic material that has that can potentially become show material. So you work that open mic material out for one day, it becomes that show material. So that's what I was doing at that show, and I it. I slipped the mind like this is a black crowd, this is an urban crowd. They gotta be like this. Versus at the comedy stores like this. You feel me? No, oh, yeah. It's like, it's like I, I wanna hear, I wanna hear you, Bala, I wanna hear you. I want you to be authentic. I want you to be you, but I wanna see structure. I wanna see time. I wanna hear a punchline. I wanna hear a setup. I wanna hear a callback. I wanna hear this. all that plays a, like a big factor into you know performing and i feel like a lot of comedians don't understand that they just they just think like you just jump on the stage that's why people say it take 10 years i'm only in year four people think i've been doing it for like eight like six years i'm like nah, doing it for four years oh yeah it's uh it's interesting that you bring up the uh the whole science behind it because i try to explain that to people who a lot of them don't do stand up, would never try it, but they always want to go with me to shows and they ask questions. And I'm like, you have to understand the science behind it. Like, even big time headliners don't completely understand it. They'll watch somebody like Dave Chappelle and they'll be like, how does he do this? And we're talking about millionaires. Yeah. It's Amy, I just, I just listened to a podcast, uh, the Kevin Hart his last podcast with Amy Schumer. And she said something on that podcast that made me that, like, I never respected her. But now I respect her like a ton. Like, she said one of her openers used to be her closer. So she shifted around her set. No, not even that, Taylor. She said out of her mouth, I have a, I have someone on, I have an opener that I can't follow. No one can follow okay. this girl. And I'm sitting, uh, I turn my headphones up. I'm like, hold on, whoa, whoa, what? Because you're Amy Schumer. You're like, people come, like, they coming to see you. So I'm, li I'm, I'm like, how did she, how did she, how did she do this? Because as, as a ticket buyer, I'm mad if 
you just blatantly come out and say, yo, your hairline is going to be such and such, and I'm, fe-, you know? So what she would do is she would make it seem like it's a, a, a encore or like a, a special treat. And then end with her because no one on the lineup can, can follow her. They would switch the lineup. They would try to switch it up and no one could follow her. And she, to the point where she had to sit her down, like, she's like, look, listen, I love you. I learned a lot from you, but you're, you're hurting me <laughs> being on the, mm-hmm. you're hurting me being on this tour right now. So I got to let you go. It's no hard feelings, but I just like, no one can follow you. So, and that's business. Yeah. And you know, I get it. Like, so when she said that, I was like, I get it. Cause stand up bar, she don't have, it. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. Like I liked her at the probably, beginning of her yes, career. Yes. Yes. Because it, I look at it as, uh, I look at it as basketball. Okay. As you, you saw me in person, you can tell play basketball. Everything is basketball. So each level you have to prove yourself. You know what I'm saying? Once you get to middle school, once you get to high school, you start all over because Middle school, you probably was the man, but in high school, it's everybody else in the city that's trying to go to this high school because they know that the high school can provide a state championship to get college looks, this, that, and the third, AAU tryouts, whatever. So once you get to high school, once you get to high school, you become the man within them four years, you gotta go to college. And once you get to college, it's they got whoever, you know what I'm saying? Yep. I might be the number one player in the in the uh, in the state in my position. And you might be at the same position, the number one player in Alabama. You feel me? We both got it. It starts over with comedy, bro. What was I, what was we, what was I talking about? You're talking about them. leveling up. Oh, yeah. With basketball. See, you, you, you always got something to fight for. You feel me? Once you get there, like, once you get there, that's it. That's how that, like, you know, I feel like Amy Schumer, like, she ain't, it, there's nothing to fight for. There's like even Kevin Hart. There's like people like his last special. I thought it was horrible. I agree. I felt the same way. That last special was horrible because it was just some shit he just threw together. You know why? Because if Kevin Hart say the word the, people are going to be like, oh my God, it's so fun. Because they're not buying, they're not into Kevin Hart. And they're, they're into Kevin Hart, but they're not into Kevin Hart. You feel me? Yep. Like his name, that's that's what sponsors come from. You feel me? If we attach Kevin Hart to Fitbit or uh athletic or whatever he got, you know what I mean? People are just gonna buy his buy it just because they're fans. His name holds something. That's why Netflix can give him 40 million dollars for two specials. Because even if it's Netflix don't care about if it's funny or not, it's a business. If we trying to keep as many eyes on this streaming platform as much as possible. If you can do that, we're going to pay you. Yep. Comedians really need to understand in order to get a Netflix deal. This is how you get a Netflix deal. This is exactly how you get a Netflix deal. You front load your special because they only watch the 30, the first 30 minutes of a Netflix special. Why do you think they only coming out with 30 minute half, half hour Netflix special? Yeah. Only the bigger, only the bigger names are getting the hour special. People that put the that that has a name, you know. But if you, I, I can log in to Netflix right now. Netflix, uh, uh, Amazon Prime, Hulu—they're all thirty-minute specials. If you don't, have, if you're not a Pat Oswalt, or if you're not a Kevin Hart, if you're not 
a Jim Jeffries or uh, you know, Mulaney. What's the guy? Uh, what's his first name? Mulaney. Uh, John Mulaney. If you're not somebody like that, you know, somebody that has a name, they're not going to give you a, uh, they're not going to pay you for an hour special. Everything is, that's why they get, get like five to eight comedians and, and, and cut them up into hour special. Sometimes yep. they don't even be an hour special. Sometimes they'd be like 25 minutes special. Yep. That's how they, that's how you do it. Now and all it, these, now you see all these, my bad, you see all these comedians good. coming out with uh, Amazon, Prime specials and you know you like how are they coming up because all they doing is watching the first 30 minutes of a special and oh this guy or this girl got it boom we could add this person with Taylor with Bilal with such a with such a boom we have our next season right there yep and now I've noticed even over the past year people have started to put out specials exclusively on YouTube like I want to say, Zoltan. yep, Zoltan, and he, he did it at the grand. He did it yeah. at the grand. He did an hour was an hour and twenty minutes. An hour and it was over an hour. Oh yeah, me, when you can do over an hour of stand up and you got like the like people like laughing from like beginning, middle, end, like that's like that's what I'm trying to get like that like. You know yep. how like that is like, and with that dude, you I because when I first heard, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna be real. When I first heard of Zoltan, I'm like, I heard of this dude, but I don't ever see him. Where is he at? And then when I saw him, I was like, that's why I wasn't seeing him. Because the motherfucker was gone. He was doing shows. He was on the he road, was, yeah. Bro, he come up. What would I do in San Diego? I'm, his, you know, he, I just, he's the cat guy. He do a lot of material on 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 his cat, on cats and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why do people? I'm like, there is nothing funny about cats. And then I start hearing other comedians having cat jokes, and I was like, that's see, and, and that's what most comedians gotta understand. You know what makes Eddie Murphy really good? You know what makes, uh, I really hate to say this, but you you know what makes Dave Chappelle really good? All these comedians really good? They don't have material of this time. They have timeless material, meaning you can play it any in any era and it's still gonna be good. That's how Zoltan is. He got, he has timeless material, like where you like, like, 10 years from now, you're going to be like, man, this is still a good special, man. Mm -hmm. This is, this is still a good special. Like, and yeah, so yeah, when I saw it, when, when I watched it, I was like, and I've performed with Zoltan. I've performed with Zoltan a couple of times. It's just, I can't watch him. I can't watch him because I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to feel some type of way, mm -hmm. you know? Because yeah. normally mm -hmm. I'm I'm normally I'm the one that I normally I'm the guy that's like uh pushing some like pushing the pushing other comedians like oh he's energetic oh he's energetic he's this he's that but when I perform with like if if I perform with Zoltan I immediately go somewhere else. Mm. I've never seen Zoltan live, but I've watched that special 
and uh, he he released another one just like a few months later. What I thought was so crazy about it was, you know, as somebody who's barely even an amateur comedian myself, you still you look at the top of that mountain of, you know, one day I'm going to release an hour long special and a packed out crowd, you know, and that's something that's like a, a major goal for a lot of comics. And then I always think about, man, that some putting together something like that's got to cost so much money. And then to see him release a special from one camera angle where he, he just had it as like study material for himself. And then over this past year, he was like, well, you know, not a whole lot's going on. Everything's locked down. Hey, I got an hour of material that I was thinking about turning over this year. Let me <laughs> just go ahead and release it. And that's what he oh, did. A million views. I think it's at means, two million now. I don't even remember the last time I saw it, which means, you know how many people saw that? Yeah. <laughs> and, and what most people don't understand is this. He's, most people say the style of comedy that I do is hard. I don't know. That's not hard at all. Like being energetic, moving around, rolling around. That's not hard. To literally stand there and tell jokes, like and, and talk and tell, I feel like that's hard. Even though I don't like that way, because it's just like it's so plain. It's just I want to give you like an experience, you know. Like get, but it's hard. It's very hard. It's like when uh, Cosby can 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 sit down, and him and Red Fox can can sit down. I'm like. And it, that's not somebody that just wake up and just say, oh, I can tell jokes. That's hours, 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 hours. I, like, lit, like, you got to think about this 24-7. Like, you literally got to think about this 24-7 to get like that, to sit down in, in a, a theater to have a couple thousand people, hundred people focus on your ass sitting down in a chair. I agree. Man, please, that's hard. That is, that's, it's the hardest. Uh, everybody always say, man, being a comedian must be easy. Not at all. <laughs> See, it's a difference. It's a difference making somebody laugh when the room is already warm. When there's a function, when there's already a party, when people's drinking, people smoking, people on psychedelics, all that. It's so easy to make people laugh. But it's so hard when you got them, them beaming lights, them hot beaming lights on you, and you get up on that mic, you get up on the stage, and that microphone stand with that microphone is kind of tilted a little bit like this, and you get up there and you and you like this with that microphone stand, and all those people are looking at you like this. Yep, because they it's bought a, a ticket, and it's like, all right, let's let's see what you got. It's a they, difference because they gonna tell, they gonna let you know. Oh yeah, they gonna they gonna let you know. They gonna give you at, at the end of the night. They gonna give you a sympathy clap because you tried. Mm -hmm. They gonna give you a motherfucker. You tr he tried. Okay, he tried. Yep. But after the show, when you go try to sell some merch or give out business cards, they're gonna be like, oh no, thank you. Oh yep. no, because you know, because you know why? Back to what you just said. Our job as comedians is to 
Escape people what they're going through. That's our job. Trials, tribute, you know, everybody go through everything. You know, relationship issues, financial issues, doesn't matter. Our job is when they buy a ticket, when they come buy a ticket to come see Taylor perform, they're thinking in their head, I'm, you know what, I'm going to a kind of, I've been going through a lot this past week. I'm not, I don't know who this Taylor Dunn guy is. He's a comedian. I'm going. At once they hit, once, once that payment hit Persich, it's your job. It's now it's on you. It's on you to make them laugh. And comedians don't get it. And they, they get upset when they see, and, and you said it, when they see the same guy on all the shows. It's a business at the end of the day. Why would yeah. I have somebody on the show that's not funny? Or that's not at least trying. Yeah. That's not a business. You, I'm, you, I'm hurting myself. You know how much money? I put money into my business for it to run a certain way. You think I, I, I at least want to see some type of back end. So it's my job or it's anybody's job as a showrunner to make sure that the show is really good. It's, you want to have the best people. Who do, it's like it's like if we play basketball. I'm not gonna pick somebody that can't fucking dribble to to be on my team. Yeah. I will want I want the best of the best. Yes, I, you know why? Because I want to destroy everybody. Yeah, it's like that. I, it's enough for everybody to eat, but I want to be the, the the best of the best. I want to, you know, that's just how it is. So I'm not gonna have somebody that's just mediocre on my fucking team. No. I agree, because I've I've even seen I went and saw Joey Diaz one time in New Orleans, and he had two openers. The first one was good, but the second one I had never heard of this dude, and it just complete the whole room fell asleep, and I was like I don't know if he owed this guy a favor or what, but he comes out. He comes out and he's like, I got to pick it up in here because everybody was just like, shit, let me go to the bathroom. Let me. Damn. Let me, yeah, it was bad. But it sometimes, I don't know, maybe he just wasn't used to performing in front of that big of a crowd. I think there was like 3,000 people there. It was at Hara's in New Orleans. But, um, you know, Joey, he came out. And like you said, that just staying in one spot because he's, he's a big fucking dude. He's probably pushing yeah. 350. And mm -hmm. he just stood in one spot, kept the mic inside the stand. He just stood in one spot and just did like this for an hour. And we were dying. So, like, I look at that as, like, for me, I try to do the more act-out type of things. But I also, I'm like, I need to get to a point of being so comfortable that I can just stay in one spot, leave the mic inside the stand, even sit down and, you know, do comedy from the stool or – you know, I always look at that like when I watch Dave in one of his specials where he just sits down on the stage and smokes a cigarette. I'm like, man, that is a different type of superpower there where he can just sit there and people are just hanging on to his every word. And he's just so nonchalant about it, just smoking a cigarette. And it just feels like you're just sitting in the room with him while he's just talking. Mm -hmm. So where are you from originally, man? Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, originally born and raised Cleveland, Ohio. When you uh, when you were growing up, has is comedy something you've always wanted to do, or is it something that you started in high school? Like, how did you 
get into wanting to do it? I was always, that was, it was always, I feel like it's so cliche of us comedians. Like I was always a class clown. I was, but honestly, as on my son, right? Levi, Levi. Oh, okay, okay. Go back. You, you gonna sit here quiet? You gonna be quiet? All right. Don't say nothing. Okay. I just wanted to make. He's four, so I just wanted to make sure my son is good. But uh. Yeah, I've always was the basketball practice class clown. I mean, the class, you know, I'm always the, the funny one. Uh, being in the classroom, funny, with my siblings, uh, funny. There's always been funny. Yeah, I mean, I was essentially the same way. Like, I was raised in an extremely small town in Alabama, and uh, – you know, I always was trying to fit in and everybody's like, he's weird. That motherfucker's weird. And it wasn't until I was always like, oh, I'll join the football team, but I wasn't any good at football. Oh, I'll join the baseball team. Wasn't any good at baseball. But I always was like cracking jokes, trying to roast people and shit like that. And eventually, I think just the right people started saying, you know, you're you're pretty funny. But at the time, I was like, well, maybe I could try theater. Maybe I could get into acting. And I took a theater class and uh, I was in that theater class and I was like, we had, we had this competition coming up where we had to present a scene and everybody was like looking through old, like Shakespeare and shit like that to do for a comedic monologue. And I was like, well, fuck, I'll just write one. And so I write one and my theater teacher, I've actually had him on the podcast before. Uh, he was like, this is really good. And I took it to the competition. I ended up winning. And then from that point forward, I was like, maybe I should, you know, try stand-up. So I graduated high school and it was like a month after I graduated, I started, uh, I went up to that club we were talking about earlier, the Stardome Comedy Club in Birmingham. And- uh, Is that, uh, Martin, is that the same where uh, Martin got discovered, Stardome? Or is that, or did they have one in DC too? I'm not sure if uh, I'm not sure about him. I'm pretty sure Steve Harvey got discovered there because I've I've listened to Steve Harvey and I think he's even had the owners of the club come on his show before, mm. and uh, they have a lot of pictures of him hanging up in that place. But um, I mean, it's a fantastic club. They just renovated it a couple of years ago. I was just there back in November. I mean, it is gorgeous. And uh, if you ever get a chance to go perform there, do it. Because uh, let's just say it's uh, depending on who's there. The crowd is about 95% an urban crowd. So, mm. it's a, yeah, it's a whole different animal going to perform. Like when you perform here, it seems like a lot of the crowds are really mixed. And even at times, it seems like there's a lot more white people at the shows. Yeah. So a lot of people think a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people think my following is like, I have a lot of white fans. Like yeah. it's crazy. It's, and I'm trying to get the black people, uh, the black people, once they come out, they like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're fans. But white people, they jump on board. Like, Black guy, comedian, fuck yeah, we're going. Like mm -hmm. comedy show, comedy palace, fuck yeah, we're going. Yeah, we're we're going, we're going. I'm and telling, if you get a chance to go to the south, go because they would love you. 
I, when I went back in November, I did a show. It was a, it's called Bless with the Funny. And it was a church sponsored mm. comedy show. I love church shows. Love them. 100% clean. Can't talk mm-hmm. about sex. Can't talk about drugs. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time I've done stand up since February of last year. So I'm, you know, I'm nervous, but I'm like, I got to do it because I'm going back home. And, uh, man, the energy of those people in there was just so good and so hot. I mean, they, you could just tell everybody was so happy to be out having a good time. Yes. And that's what I grew. That's what I started in. It was a, it was a black club. So there was a different energy you had to bring. It wasn't a whole lot of just standing there talking into the microphone. It was mm-hmm. act it. outs and, you know, screaming into the microphone, running around a lot of crowd work type stuff. And you got to do stuff with black people. You have to, you have to do, uh, you have to do things that's uh, visible right there. So some, like you say, crowd work, uh, a little roasted, but you have to do something that black people are uh, receptive to. So if, like, I know it's so cliche, but it's, that's just how black people are. And it goes back to when I said, you gotta be with black people. You gotta be like, I'm, we ready, let's go, let's go. But when you get to a, a mixed room, you can kind of fluctuate. You can, hey, okay, I can go here. I can do this, I can do this. And then you go to a white, white room, you still can be, I still can be Bilal. I still can be uh, very energetic and stuff, but I have to show that I really know what I'm doing and it's not like a hack job, you know? It's, yep. it's not like one of those, oh, black people do this, or don't you hate what white people do? No, we want to know about Bilal. Like, what's up with Bilal? I actually started in, uh, I started comedy in Houston. So I know all okay. about the South. Yeah, so yep. I know all about the South, how they get down the South, so yeah. What was it? A was it a club or was it a bar show or? It was a club. It was called the the Secret Group. Okay. It was the Secret Group, and then I bounced around to like Bone Dots, and then I bounced like all these little. Uh, see, I worked backwards. I, the way I started comedy, I worked backwards. I didn't start in the black room because I knew I know how to make black people laugh. That's easy for me. I can make black people laugh. I can do that. I want to go to the white rooms and see, all right, if I really, if I say I'm a comedian, I say I really want to do this, I want to step outside the box. I want to do something that, you know, I want to do something that everybody else ain't doing. So if when, I, when I started doing these white rooms, I was, I think I bombed my whole first year. Mm. Like when I say the whole first year, like 365 days. God. I consider myself spoiled because like when I started, I was only 18. So I was a baby and everybody else on the show, like the first open mic I ever did, it was 2012, just graduated high school. And I had, I'd never been in a comedy club before. And I go in there and it's this smaller room in the back seats, about 60 people, but it's packed. And I'm meeting the other comedians, put my name on the uh, the bill or whatever. And I think I'm like fifth in the lineup. Everybody else there is at least 30 years old. Mm. So I'm in the back. Damn, they like, put you- yeah, it was just like, uh, it was like first come, first serve. So, oh, oh, oh. you know, I nobody wanted to show. go first. Say, uh, show and they put you fifth? Damn. It was actually Ooh. a competition. Ooh. So... 
you know, I, the only people that came with me was my mom and mm. my girlfriend at the time, who's I'm married to now. And, uh, I didn't let them see any of my material. So they're just as nervous as me. They're thinking, you know, oh, he's going to get nervous when he gets up there. And I'm sitting there and my, uh, my dad, who I hadn't seen in like seven years, walks in. So I'm like, what the fuck? And he's with his new wife and they go sit in the corner. And I'm like standing in the back, looking out of the green room, like, what the fuck am I about to do? And I went up there and I did five minutes of clean material and they, you know, it got a great reaction from the crowd and they ended up picking me as the winner that night. So Mm. my very first experience was, Hey, you did better than everybody, which is so unrealistic from so many people. Well, I mean, it is like most people, their first time they bomb or they, you know, they just don't do as good as they thought they should have. And i I just got really lucky. Very next show I did, I'm talking about my head was this big. Like mm-hmm. I thought I was, I thought I was the shit. I, I got a video of it. I took, I went back home and everybody's, I'm showing it to people and shit. I put it on YouTube and they're like, wow, you know, they think you're going to be the next Jerry Seinfeld or whatever. <laughs> and very next show I did, I bring a bunch of people and it's a bar show. I'm like I said, I'm only 18. They had to bring all of the stuff outside and have the show outside because there was somebody mm-hmm. else on the show who was under 21. So we couldn't perform in the bar. Shit, the bed bombed. I mean, one of the worst bombs I've ever had. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm not as good as I thought I was. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, 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 I always ask people, like, when was your first time on stage? Cause for, you know, a lot of people, that's like your second birthday, a lot of comics you always like mark the date, like, and you look at it like, Hey, my, you know, my birthday is coming up. Yeah. I, uh, I have an interesting story. So t- 2017 is when, I, uh, 2016, my son was born. 2017 is when I really is when I took it like, all right, here we go. Let's, Let's be serious. So from 2017 to, to now, that's four years. But before, I want to say I took like two to four years just studying comedy. So when I was up in LA and I was, when I used to be homeless up in LA, I used to go to the comedy store. And you know, at the comedy store, you could sit in the back. You know, they got where the comedians can sit in the back and I would just watch every comedian. I was homeless. I will watch every, you know, the comics are close to about two. And, and if Dave Chappelle come in there, they ain't closed until about four. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he's going to want to drink. He's going to want to, you know, that's just how Dave is. But, uh, yeah, I will watch pretty much everybody come through there and watch them bomb. And I would be like, why? Man, they suck. I'm like, man, what? But I didn't know, that's when I didn't know that they're working on a, they're probably working on the special or they're probably working on, they're getting, they were getting ready to working on, they working on something. So they'll come to the open mic very, very late, bring nobody in there and work on their stuff. But in my head, I'm sitting back like, man, how are they on TV and they suck? Like, and I would hear other like, 
uh, comedians like, oh, that I can't wait till he put this out. And I'm like, put this out? How would he put this out? And then, you know, before you know it, I started getting like, oh, so that's what they was doing. So that, so when the time when it was time for me to get on stage back in 2017, that whole year, man, was well. No, I did a, I did an open mic out here, and uh, I did two open. I did no, I did about about three open mics at the uh, ACC when it used to be on uh, Wednesdays. Okay. It used to be on Wednesdays, and I don't know if you know him, uh, Jimmy Holloway. Holloway, Holloway. It sounds familiar. Yeah. He used to be the host. He used to be the host at the uh, the open mic, and this is before I knew how the open mic system was. You know, once you become a comedian, you you understand the open mic system. So I, I signed my name up, and he, uh, you know, they try to say it's a lottery the draft out of the bucket yeah <laughs> and and so you know when you're the new guy on the scene when you're in a new comedian they want to see what you do so of course he pulled my name and i got on stage uh they gave me three minutes and you know i did good and then i will come back i will i will come back and they would never they would never uh pull my name and i'm like and then that's when i realized that's when i was caught on like oh so they look out for their like friend you know like i want to say they look out for their friends but if you're running an open mic at a premier club like acc you're going to have to bump somebody that's good to keep the flow of the show going Mm -hmm. but they wasn't doing that they were just they was bumping like whoever the hell just you know what i'm saying whoever the hell was pulling up I'm bumping, like, let's go. Uh, yo, can I get a spot tonight? Come through. Bumping you, you know what I'm saying? So after a while, I was like, I just was like, I'm going to just study. And then after that, I had my kid. I moved to, moved to Texas. And once I had my kid, I was like, all right, it's time. We got to start, gotta start going. I got to start hitting these stages. And then that's 2017, that whole year, every stage. Every, I mean, every stage I hit. Every stage I hit when I took on my kid, every stage I hit was bad, bad. And then I got the opportunity to uh, get ready to perform at the Houston Improv. I was about to perform at the Houston Improv and then I got a job offered to move to San Diego. That's what brought so, you out here. Okay. That's what, yeah. So I was like, listen, I got to, uh, I can't do this show. This is the because the the main objective was to always come back to California, you know. But once I had my kid, uh, you know, I gotta be a dad. So, and I flew to Texas. I've been I was there for two years, and then I got that job offer in San Diego. And I was like, I told uh, the mother of my child, like, look, this is the I, this is what's going to get ready to happen. I gotta take this. And I, I moved out here in 2019. Yeah, yeah, I moved out here in 2019 and been here ever since. What's up, man? Yeah, my daughter just opened the door and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, I know exactly. So we're pretty much going through the exact same thing. I mean, obviously there are differences, but that's what's so neat about talking to other comics is 
you find mm-hmm. out that everybody is on a similar journey, but at the same time, there's so many similarities between your journeys. It's that's what I always think is so neat. Like when I talked to Zoltan, whenever he told me about how he got into stand up, he actually, I think he said he wanted to be a uh, professional wrestler. If you could believe that, yeah, he was like, yeah, I what? love professional. Yeah, he said I love prof- professional wrestling, and uh, I always wanted to do something that got me up in front of people and. He just found his niche with comedy and wow. Yeah. <laughs> I would have never thought that because he's so peace. I don't you ever done it? You ever be, be, been at a show that he's been at? No, I've never personally seen him perform live, no. Oh, he's he's uh and this this is my synopsis of what I just what I saw from he's very like oh maybe because of COVID, but he's very mm-hmm. like a germaphobe like hmm. yeah he don't like he'd be like uh like hey how's it going like uh you know he he got his mic well you know the mic what is it called the thin mic cover oh, co- oh okay yeah so i'm like oh so when you said pro wrestler i was like wow i never would have <laughs> that, that it may just be because of covid because he oh, he's yeah, been working yeah. the road and i know a lot of different places they do all types of different stuff i mean unless you're in alabama where it's i mean that show last november that shit was such a trip i felt like i was in a dream because i'm backstage mm-hmm. talking with other people and everybody else on the show was from somewhere else nobody was a local comic from alabama the dude that so won, how did, they, how, did they, how did that happen? They just put it out. Like they said, hey, we're having, you know, this competition. I think I signed up for it like three weeks in advance. And, uh, you know, they just asked me for like a little bio or whatever, asked me where I was coming from. And I said, yeah, I'm going to be there around Thanksgiving and I could do it. And they were like, okay, yeah. I, I submitted a video to them of a show that I did out here. And I was like, I know this is like blue material, but I, you know, I can do clean. And they were like, okay, yeah, that's fine. You can be on the show. And then I'm sitting backstage talking to the other comics who I'm the only white comic backstage, the only one. And I'm standing there and I'm like in a button down shirt and blue jeans and like some boat shoes. And I mean, everybody's dressed to the nines. Like I'm talking about like turtlenecks, Cuban links, like, everybody and i'm just backstage just you know they're like are you on the show and i'm like yeah like, how did my- that how did that make you feel like how do like all right so like real shit you in a setting full of uh, be real black people all black people and you're the only white dude like what's really what's going through your head it's like stereotypes going through your head like i mean for me like in that club i started there it was the same way when I went back in, when I was started there in 2012, like I was the only, I was the young person and there were some other white people on that show, but it was still primarily a black show. So going back now, I was just happy to be there. Like I, I, I could care less. I'm all for whatever is going to be giving the audience members the absolute best show possible. And I'm backstage talking to everybody and I'm like, so where are you from? shit i'm from new york i'm like you came down all the way from new york he's like yeah man he's like everything shut down up there he said i've been going as far south as miami to do shows because new york is closed 
And I was like, shit, I'm, I'm in the same boat, you know, I'm in San Diego and while stuff, you know, wasn't necessarily as close because people around here started putting together their own backyard shows, which I'll get into that in a little bit, but. Yep. Yep. I already, know. I, we definitely can talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, it got out of hand. I was just like, so you can't do stand up anywhere. And they were like, no, not really. And I was like, well, for me, you know, I'm in the military. So if I go up on stage somewhere and there's somebody sitting in the back, I could get in a lot of trouble because we were under a set of rules. Like, Hey, you're not allowed. We couldn't even go out to eat in restaurants. Oh Literally. yeah. He was telling me that he'll like, you know, TD is crazy as hell. He is. Yeah, dude. I, I can't. Yeah, I'm not supposed to be in this. You know, I got fucking sea biscuit. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, you need to get your ass out the motherfucking military because you are. Oh, man. How is that guy? I haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was like he. He invited me out to that show. I went and I watched at the, ten, at the tennis court. No, he. Uh, oh, okay. Like I said, when I got here, I was like looking to see like who was doing shows, who was putting together what, and uh, he did this vet TV thing. And I went when they filmed it, like the original. They got together in this little bitty ass room in downtown, and they filmed it. And I went and I watched it, and I said, "What's up to him?" And then he saw a post i did a theater here on coronado and uh he saw it and he was like hey you might be interested in this vet tv thing and that was how i got to know him but after that vet tv thing i didn't know where the fuck he went he (laughs) He was boy for a little bit because he's in the marine yeah so uh last time i last time i saw him was at this club I don't want to say club. It was at this venue in North Park. And then he wanted me to come do this show and uh, up north at some tennis courts or some shit like that. And I'm like, yeah, TD, no. <laughs> I'm just not going. Uh, yeah, I just. But we filmed something for Vet TV. It was a demo for That's how he got. It's crazy. I feel like I'm Forrest Gump, for real. I'm in every major thing in the comedy scene in San Diego. Like, it's crazy. Uh, the demo that they pitched for Vet TV, we shot at uh, the Comedy Palace in the Gold Room. It was me, uh, James Hancock, TD, Monterey Martinez from LA, uh, Max Manikoff, he, he, he started here. Um, it was a, it was some nice it, Ty Shelton. It was a couple man. We it was a stack lineup, and yeah. uh, that back room is where we shot because everybody was mic'd up. I remember, and the uh, the guy that shot it, it was from Vet TV, and that's how they got that Vet TV to shoot at the comedy store. So yeah, yeah. I've I've asked a couple people. I'm like, what's been going on with him? Because you know he was kind of my in with Vet TV, and he just disappeared all of a sudden and then California shuts down. I'm like, what the fuck happened? But anyways, to get back to the point that we originally were talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't care. Like 
I'm all for whatever, like, I know that there's different, uh, there's obviously different rooms. You know, you have your urban rooms, you have your primarily white rooms. So I know when I go back down there, it's going to be more of a black club. So mm -hmm. I, I was just, I was just happy to be doing stand up again. So I, I'm backstage with everybody and, you know, I'm just this little skinny white dude sitting in the corner and everybody else is, you know, walking around dressed to the nines. They're doing Instagram lives in the back. And I mean, they had like a full camera crew there. Like they filmed it and mm -hmm. I've been waiting to get the footage from it. Cause I actually had a really good set, but <laughs> so I've been waiting to get, you ain't getting that damn footage. You was You're the only probably, right. <laughs> I, don't, I ain't seen nobody else. I keep in touch with the guy that won the dude from New York. He actually won. And oh, I keep did. in touch with him. I'm like, Hey, have you gotten that footage yet? And he's like, uh-uh. <laughs> oh yeah they keeping that footage yeah but um what was i about to ask you so obviously over the past year things here in california have been relatively bleak for the entertainment industry especially mm -hmm. for stand-up and for comics mm -hmm. however yourself and several others you guys said well fuck this we're going to start putting on shows outside mm -hmm. so if you want to kind of explain a little bit of that just go ahead uh well that opportunity once again started at beach Calmer. uh shout out to uh chris meyer and phil uh conquer and now josh nelson who uh runs uh they run pb backyard comedy um Phil and Chris, they were like the they were like these little open micers who I don't who I just never knew, you know. And they came to me one day at the open mic, like, yo, we're gonna we wanna uh, produce this show. We want you to be a part of it. And I'm like, uh yeah, okay, whatever, you know. Cause when you run in the show, it's just like you and I'm it, it was not an open mic, but my open mic was kind of like a show a little bit. So when you run this stuff, you got I got like 20 odd comedians and stuff. So I'm I'm trying to, you know, so I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then COVID hits. So they're on the phone and they're like, yo, what's up with Beach Karma? Are they gonna open up? I'm like, uh, not right now. They shut us down. Come June, uh, come June 17th, which is my son's birthday, we were supposed to open back up. So I had the flyer and everything. I had the flyer made like, yo, sign up to this, we back. And then Beachcomber called me like, yo, we got to shut down again. And I was like, damn, I already told people to open my con. They're like, well, we can't do it. So I get on the phone with Chris and Phil and I'm like, I get on the phone with Chris and Phil and I'm like, yo, let's do that. Let's do that show that y'all want to do. So it started off in, in their backyard in PB with about the first show we had about what? 10 people if that. 10 people if that, Taylor. Like 10 people. And after the show, I'm and, I, and I'm a visionary. So I'm I just picture everything. I just pitch. So I'm sitting back and this is like two, three in the morning. I'm like, uh, hey man, I don't know if y'all know. This is about to be big. And they're like, yeah, you think so? I was like, trust me, man, it's about to be. Because I was just thinking, I'm like, everything is shutting down. 
I'm like, it's outside. I'm like, this is gonna get, I'm like, y'all don't understand, this is gonna get big. The first show was like 10 people. The second show was like 25 people. The third show was like, the whole backyard was full. Like, it was like 30 plus people. We had to, they had to take it out the backyard. So we ended up going to like K Sessions Park. The first show was like 220. And then we did another show, it was like 300. And then we did another show, uh, we would find these different spots in the park. Just We would just find these different spots and just run these shows, just secretly run these shows. And it's to the, it got to the point where we did a show with, uh, we can already do a show with uh, Trevor Wallace. Mm. And it was right up there, uh, Crown Point, not Crown Point. Uh, I forgot which, which beach that is. It's right off Mission and Ingram. Over there by Shasta, it's a it's a little it's a it's a beach over there, but um, yeah, we had uh six hundred people, man, but it got it got shut down. The cops was called, so at that point, P Vagar Comedy is it, to it, it it has a big name to it to the. To it that everybody is like, all right, what the hell? Are, what are they doing? Like, what what are they doing to the point now? Which is 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 great for the comedy scene now because guess what? Now not only are they doing shows in their backyard, you got other people doing shows in their backyard, and this is like, oh wow, if they can do it, then we can do it too. Like, mm-hmm. what? And that's the whole point. Like, yeah, like yes, they do it. We do it, y'all do it too. Because guess what? It's in a different section of the city. You got OB, you got uh, Mission Beach, you got PB, you got downtown, you got all these others, all these other spots where you can say, "Hey, you can do your own show and say, hey, I can, I can go to a bar and say, hey, I can put on, I can put on this this show for y'all, because I know during the pandemic y'all wasn't making no money." I'm I'm telling you, I can come with this, I'll come with leverage, I come with video. Look, I can I can show you this video, I can do this, I can bring this entertainment on an off night. I'm not coming on a busy night. Yeah. I'm coming on an off night. I'm I'm banking on myself that much. I don't want to, I don't want to use your I don't want to use your night on a busy night. I want to come on the off night to let you know, hey, this is what I offer you. This is what I can bring you. And then we go from there. Now look at now look at the comedy scene. Everybody is everybody is producing their own shows, you know, but it's knocking the middleman out, which is the comedy club. Because yeah. you know why? It takes away the two drink minimum. You gonna always have a comedy club because of the bigger name. Yeah, of course you're gonna, you know, I get that. But these the 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 locals, I mean, the locals really not gonna jump on it if they really make it the money that they make it because if you i've done open i've I've done the weekend of the comedy pattern before they don't pay you it just you know it's just like yo we're giving you an opportunity to get on stage which i understand that i get that i'm not mad so all right once again business you'll give me a weekend to perform with somebody that's been on Conan O'Brien, I get that, but I can do a weekend somewhere else and get paid X amount of dollars. W- which one are you gonna take? I have a kid. 
it's not about the money, but I have a C. I got a kid. You feel me? Yeah. And I'm I'm just doing what's best, what's best for me. And I'm knocked out the two drink minimums. That's what's so crazy too. That whole two drink minimum thing. Like when you tell people, like, hey, let's go see so and so. The tickets are only 10 bucks. They're like, yeah, that sounds good. And they're like, hold on. Now, when we go, there is a two drink minimum. They're like, what do you mean? Like if they've never been to a comedy club, they're like, you're gonna have to buy at least two drinks. Mm-hmm. They're like, do I have now, to get alcohol? And you're like, no, but a bottle of water is going to cost you like five bucks. So if you go to, all right, so if I go to a, if I go to a spot that sells food and drinks and say, hey, this is what I'm offering. I can bring these um, X amount of people on the off night. Boom. Now we're doing something. Now guess what? Now, after a month or two, I can go to them and say, hey, this is what I was bringing. This is what you was making before I got here. This is what you're making after I'm here. Now it's time to renegotiate these these numbers, these contracts, because guess what? I have leverage. I'm not going I'm not going to come to somebody. You know, I'm not going to come to somebody and ask for something that I, I didn't do. You feel me? Yeah. I, I did some. I offered you a service. So that's the only reason why I'm going to come to you as a businessman and say, hey, this is what I'm offering. And yay or nay. If you, if you don't want that, if you don't, if you don't want it to give me what I want, no hard feelings. But we're going to pack up and go. Because mm-hmm. there's going to be another spot that's going to be like, yeah, based off the leverage, the video that I had. You feel me? Yeah. So all these all these people doing uh it all they did was just wake up. See now San Diego is one of the cities that come to the do comedy now. You know why? Because people are doing it off these backyard shows. People are realizing these backyard shows open up a whole new entity of, of things. You got you got PB backyard comedy doing shows, you got uh uh Boop Entertainment, which is Walter. You know, Walter, he's doing shows. You got uh, Mavericks, they're doing shows. I'm doing shows. You got uh, Kimball's, Kimball's and Bits. That's five different, that's five different uh, comedy brands doing comedy shows in San Diego. And that's only five that I named. Ain't no telling how many more is out there. Yeah. You feel me? So if... Everybody can go, and that's what makes it. That's what makes San Diego so so dope. That these five shows are different shows, so we can go. Everybody can go to these different. You know what I'm saying? We can be in the same city. We can be in the same spectrum, but you can be on this side, and I can be on this side. And it's two t- totally different shows. You feel me? Oh yeah. So that's why I say it knocks the middleman out because that you got the two drink minimum at the club, but if you do a show now with the, with these breweries and bars and stuff, they gotta sell food. And you think the food price is gonna be the same as the comedy club food price? Fuck no, hell no, mm-hmm. hell no. Sometimes, sometimes spots be having food trucks, jacked up brewery. They do a look. Jacked up. I was doing jacked up brewery shows when nobody else wanted to do the shows. Before you know what I'm saying? Before everybody else wanted to do jacked up brewery. I was the only person that was driving up to Jack the Brew to do a show, to host a show. Now uh, I can do a show whenever I, you know what I'm saying? Because 
everybody it's the, it's the place to go now you know everybody yeah. these backyard shows opened up so much for you know it's not just yeah pv backyard comedy they you know they started it but look what it started it revolution you know it woke up the scene rather if people want to believe it or not the proof is in the pudding they shook the scene and you know yeah it just call a spade a spade they they shook the scene up because if they never would have did the, if they would have never started these backyard shows keep it real taylor how many backyard shows have you would you would you would have seen any backyard shows no, be not real. before this. Not, I mean, you would if if they would have never did it, you would never, you would not see no backyard shows. You would not see nobody putting their own shows on. You except for drive income, drive income. They did, yeah. they, they they had their own, you know. But you got all these LA comedians coming down now to get on these shows because they LA not even doing the shows that we're doing. Ain't that that's what I'm saying? They shook up the comedy scene in San Diego. Whether they want to believe, whether if anybody want to believe it or not, it's a, you know, bro. I, I wish I can pan. I wish I can show you my scene. I'm a, li listen. Oh wow. Which means it's enough for all of us to eat. It's enough for all of us to eat, baby. We all can eat. We all we all can eat. We. They started, all right, it's not, now, it's like, uh, it's like Power Rangers. I look at it like Power Rangers. When they all come together, become this big ass thing, like this big ass monster. You're like, all right, now, now this is a monster, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they cool individually. Yeah, they cool individually. But when they come together and become like this big ass transformer type thing, it's hard to beat them. If we all, if all these different comedy entities come together, not even come together, but just do they do they think uh, in, in certain parts of San Diego, what, you got all these LA comedians coming down. Like uh, you got Teddy Ray coming down, you got Shantae Wayne's coming down, you got Ian Edwards coming down, you got everybody coming down. Before these people will come down, you know why? You know why they would come to San Diego, ACC or La Jolla Comedy Club. Now they coming down to Mavericks, they coming down to Queen Bees, they coming down to well, whoever, because we putting on shows. We putting on shows now. And, and, and it makes me feel good. I'm part of a comedy scene that, like we said, like we said, fuck it, you know? Yeah. We said, fuck it, and we gonna do our own thing. We tired of going up to LA for stage time. It's time for you motherfuckers to come down here and get some stage time. You feel me? Yeah. And, and that's what we doing. We shaking up this scene, man. It's it's enough for everybody. It's enough for everybody to come. You know what I'm saying? We want everybody to come get this time, cause we gonna. You know what I'm saying? We gonna put that crowd. We gonna we gonna give you that crowd. People are yearning for comedy, but it gotta be good. It gotta be good. You ain't gonna go to. You know what I'm saying? When you go out to dinner with your with your with your wife for Valentine's Day, you ain't gonna take her to no damn Chick Fil A. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You want to take her. You want to take her to Greystone. You want. You want to take her to. It's like when you go on vacation. You ain't gonna go to no damn McDonald's when you're on vacation, are you? Nope. You want to eat the stuff that we don't got at home. That you don't got. You want to do some shit that you. So what? And it and it brings into the Westian experience. 
well, with my show, yes, everybody is putting on they putting on their shows. Yeah, they gonna give you a show. I'm gonna give you an experience. It's a difference because when I, once you leave my show, I want you to be like, wow, that was an experience, man. I really had a good time. No knock against nobody else that's doing what they doing in the city. I ain't got no, you know what I'm saying. Well, I'm just telling you what you're gonna get when you come to the Western Young experience. You're gonna get an experience, you know, and. Yeah, man, we th- these backyard shows, man. They 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 shook up San Diego, man. Yeah, I've I've sat back and I just analyzed it like, damn, like these backyard shows really birthed like a whole new like yo the summer like you know how big this summer is getting ready to get for comedy in San Diego. It's about to be a huge fucking summer. There's gonna be shows everywhere. Yeah. Outside shows, indoor shows. They don't. There's gonna be shows everywhere. Shows with after parties. Shows with you know. It's just like you like. It's gonna be always something to do Monday through Sunday. You're gonna be like, man, I'm going here. I'm going here. I'm going to this show. I'm going to that show. It's, you know, these backyard shows. What you think about these? What you think these backyard shows did? What you, what you honestly think these backyard shows did? I haven't been to any, personally, just because being on a different set of rules than most of the public. I wasn't really going out to do much, but uh, I've, I've followed a lot of them and I've watched it. And I'm actually really intrigued by how you talk about it because I was like, man, this sucks. You can't like a lot of these comedy clubs are suffering, but you know, the comics still want to go perform. So to hear you talk about it that way, is kind of giving me a different perspective from how it really is out there like i know that i think the comedy palace they they're shutting down and they're rebranding it i think they're gonna put another comedy club there and it's gonna be called one mic one mic drop and uh i also i was uh right before everything shut down i remember they were gonna open a laugh factory downtown Mm -hmm. and i don't know what happened with that so for me it's just been kind of like damn this this you know, it's kind of terrible. I've seen the the outdoor shows, but I just kind of have looked at it like, is that something that's going to stop? So to hear you say, no, this is just the beginning. We're going to keep this shit going. Mm. Like, it's got me kind of like, it kind of gives me like a boost, like a motivation because to hear it. You, you're knocking, you're knocking the middleman out. This is free game. Listen, you, you have listeners. This is free game. I'm going to tell you the difference between me and everybody else. When, when somebody give me game, I act on it. So it's gonna. I, I'm dropping. I'm giving people the. I'm giving people the antidote. What you gonna do with it? You gonna sit on it or what you? What you? You can. I can. I can tell you. Once again, I could go back to basketball. I can tell you what move I'm gonna do. You're not gonna stop it. I'm giving you the game. Look, this is how I did. I'm doing. I do. I'm doing it just like this. But a lot of people are not gonna do it. There's a big difference. A lot of people just talk a lot of shit, and there's a lot of people that do a lot of shit. I do both. I like that. It's it's cutting the, it's cutting their asses out. You ain't got to worry about no two drink minimum. As long as your show good, that's the only thing. That's the only thing that matters. It's your show good. That's it. 
Yes, the ACC is going to always bring people. Yes, the La Jolla Comedy Club is going to always bring people. If fuck it, if the Laugh Factory want to open their bitch asses up, let them open their asses up. They're going to always have people on the busy nights. Yeah, on the busy nights. Yep. Because I'm I, the Laugh Factory can have the Madhouse. They can have these Saturday nights and whatnot. But on a Tuesday night, I can do. I can go next door or wherever else. And, and that motherfucker be jumping like it's Saturday night. That's the difference. That's why everybody gonna come, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. These comedy clubs, they're fucked. They're fucked. I don't give a fuck how, I don't give a fuck what they saying or what they got going on. They're fucked. Because listen, all you gotta do is go out and find you a spot. You, once again, you know how many of these restaurants are hurting they're really hurting. What you uh, that's 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 all you need. Just to find you a spot and get motherfuckers in there. But they don't don't nobody want to do the hard work. They nobody want to put the they don't want to get out in the, in your car and waste gas and waste money and do this and do that. They don't want to do that. They want the lights and shit. They want to go to the show and you know what I'm saying? They want to a lot of people, a lot of comedians, they want to ask to do your show, but they don't even want to. They don't. They don't even want to post a flyer. And you paying them. You paying them to be on the show. You're not. At, you're not saying this is the bringer show. This ain't no bringer show. Just promote the flyer, because that's that, that's your job. As a, that's your job. If you have fans, you if you have fans, you will want your fans to come see you live, right? Yeah. Post the flyer. I'm just, I'm just giving you, I'm just showing you how to, how to be a professional. How, how are your fans going to know where to, so you mean tell me your fans only want to see you on Instagram or social media? Why you think when Kevin Hart, if Kevin Hart come to VA High Center, you think motherfuckers not going to go see him? Even if they do see him on the movies and on Instagram? They going to go see him. So if you got fans, why wouldn't you want them to come see you live? That's the business. That's the business. That's not me being an asshole. That's not no other showrunner being an asshole. No, that's you doing the work. When you when you promote, guess what? That equals hours. Everybody say they want this shit, but they don't want to do the little shit. They don't want to do the that little shit matters. All that shit matters. Studying matters. And networking matters. Being likable matters. How the hell are you gonna sell tickets if you're not personable? How the hell are you gonna sell tickets if don't nobody know you? How the hell are you gonna sell tickets if don't nobody like you? How the hell are you gonna sell tickets if you're not marketable? All that plays a fact, all that plays a, a part. You gotta do the little stuff, the little stuff to literally to become, that's, that's why Kevin Hart is good. That's why he do all these specials. He ain't necessarily the greatest comedian, but he broke his ass off. He showed people, look, Listen, this is how you do it this way. That's how you do it that way. That's why you see them everywhere. I get tired of seeing a little short fucker. But you, he worked his, he worked. You can't tell, you, why you think his house so big? Why you think he got all these cars and all this stuff? Everybody bought all that stuff, but don't see the, the stuff that he do on the back end. Yeah, if why, I go, I go out for a run. I go out for a run. 
and I'll have my Nike Run Club app going. And at the end of my run, I'll hear Kevin Hart's voice telling me I did a good job running two miles today. It's like you just got paid. Yep. You just got paid. You feel me? Yep. So it's like. It's out here, man. That's why I showed you that, man. It's out here for everybody to get. It's out here for everybody to get. But if you think, if you think for one second, for one millisecond, Bilal Young is going to sit here and, and be like, well, hold on, wait. I'm going I'm to see what they're going to do. Fuck no. Hell no. I'm waiting, I'm waiting long enough. Y'all not going to do no with y'all pizza pie? You, you, done with, you ain't going to eat that? Let me get that. I'm going to eat that. I'm definitely going to eat that. Cause it's still a business, yeah. And it ain't no feelings in business. It ain't no, you know what I'm saying? That's just what it is. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. It ain't no business in feelings. I mean, it ain't no feelings in business. You you gotta separate the two. It is just no feelings. So if somebody make a business decision, get the fuck out your feelings. Cause it's just business. That's it. And it, that's it. That's all. Yeah, you, know, you know. So you you right, yeah, motherfucker. I, you ain't gonna eat your pot, your piece of the pot. I will, because it's definitely out here for everybody to get. San Diego, big as fuck. You just saw it with your own eye. Yeah, it's big. That's what's up, man. I got one more question, and I think we'll wrap this up because I think we're going on about two, maybe two hours here coming up soon. Oh, this is a long one. It's a good one. Though. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um. So, like, what are your goals? Let's say in five years, where do you see Bilal Young? This is 2021. Five years will be 2026. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. 2026, uh, God willing, man, and this is just, like, all jokes aside, like, Seriously, all just aside, 2026, by then, I, I, I should have changed someone's life through comedy. Because that's what it's about. It's about that, you know. A lot of, um, I, I was born with this gift, you know. And you, you asked me, uh, when did you know? Like, like I always say, it's, it's cliche for a comedian. I was always a person. I, was a, I came out the womb funny. That's just how, and you know, and that's a guy giving, giving talent. And to me, uh, I believe that's, that's like my, uh, like I have to give that back to the people, you know, I have to bless somebody with my gift to make people laugh. So um, 2026, I, I, at least one person, I hope one person, and when I say like literally like like really change their life, like you get excited, you know, you can pay me whatever, but I get excited when somebody can be like, yo, uh, I got a joke about uh my sister stuttering. And when somebody can come and and, and say, like, yo, tell your sister to text us or tell your sister, you know what I'm saying? That made mm-hmm. me feel good. Like you paid attention to what I was saying because that was later in my set. That wasn't in the beginning of my set. That was later in my set. So everything that I said from the beginning up until that point, you paid attention. So I appreciate you for that. I really do. So if I could, so if I can do that to at least one person in 2026, I, I'm good. You know, because if I'm doing that at 
if I'm making somebody, if I'm changing a couple people's life or one person's life in 2026, then everything that I ever want in life is taken care of because he got me. You feel me? Because that's my bless. That's that's my bless. You know what I'm saying? That's his blessing for me is to bless somebody else through laughter. So if I if if I do my job by doing that, I know the you know cars and money and and all that. That's gonna be that's that's minimal to me. That's small because in the back of my head, I already got that. That's nothing. You know, I can get that whenever. That's monetary value. My gift is the you know my gift is the gift that he gave me to you know, give other people. So if I can reach, if I can change somebody's life, do just making somebody's laugh, making somebody laugh through the gift from God, then I did my job, you know? Uh, that's it, I, I, I didn't did my job. I did what I was, you know, I, I got a little boy. I've always wanted a kid. I've always wanted a little boy. I got my little boy. Uh, and it's my job to make sure his life is easy you know, make sure his life is is uh is well abundant, way better than what I had to go through. He would never know what I had to go through. And, you know, that's it. That's my job is to to make sure that his life is better. So that's what's up, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, I've seriously enjoyed sitting down talking with you today. It was nice to finally meet you. I'm looking yeah, forward to man. I'm looking forward to seeing you out at these open mics now that I can finally start going. I'll be it'll be a couple of weeks because I'm about to leave San Diego for a little bit. But when I come back, I'm gonna be on the lookout for you. Um Yeah, man. Yeah, come out to my I, I got I do shows uh, up under the Western Young Experience. You can follow us on um Instagram, the Western Young Experience. You can follow me on Instagram, Malau Young Official on Instagram as well. Uh Western Young Experience is is a we getting ready to do some big things in San Diego, man. So you're definitely going to be hearing a, a lot more uh, of what we have to offer. So, uh, yeah, you can check out the website at uh, westernyoungentertainment.com. Uh, everything. So, yeah. It, That's it's, what's it's, up, man. <laughs> yeah. well, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you. I, once again, I really appreciate sitting down with you today. And uh, I wish you all the best, man. You seem like you. Appreciate this it. shit really means a lot to you. And that's always motivating for me to see people that take it so seriously and uh, they love it just as much as I do. So I wish you all the best of luck, brother. Man, likewise. I appreciate you, Taylor. Thank you. Y'all, yep. y'all make sure y'all follow Taylor, man, on everything on, on social, uh, social platform. Show him to love, man. Cool guy, man. You'll be sending me around. We'll be, we'll, we'll be in touch. Definitely. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, all right. you enjoy the rest of your Sunday, man. All right. You too. All right. You take it easy.